0: Uh, but just for a few minutes, I just want to take some time to talk about kind of what this theme really meant, really means to not just the kids, but also to us as adults. Like, like many of you guys here, and probably some of you ladies maybe as well too, I'm drawn to battle movies. I'm battle movies like Brave Heart, and World War II movies, things like that, where there's a lot of action. I love those. And I believe what draws us to these really is the, the struggle, or the tactics, and the, the sacrifice, and the, uh, the adrenaline, and the patriotism. These are the things that really draw us into these types of movies. Now, as much as I enjoy watching these movies, I'm always really thankful that I'm not there, that I didn't have to go through, that I'm not going through what they're going through. But the truth is that I am in a battle, and I'm in one every single day, and so are you. You know, Throughout the Bible, it's very clear that not only do we have an enemy, but that we are in a battle that is more real than any war or any enemy that any nation has really ever faced. The Bible tells us very clearly that uh, we have an enemy, and the enemy is, is the devil. And that he'll do anything that he can do to get us to disobey God. He's actually, he's actually deceiver. He's actually called the father of lies. And really one of his, really one of the main lies that the devil really tells and tries to get people to believe is that he's not real. Either they get him to believe that, oh, it's too much, or he's like ever, under every bed and under every, everywhere, or that he's just not real at all. He doesn't exist. Yet the book of Isaiah tells us that the devil was originally this beautiful angelic being that was in heaven, but he decided that he wanted to have all of the honor and all of the worship that was due only to God, so he was thrown out of heaven. And really since that time, since uh, uh, Satan was thrown out of heaven, all he's wanted to do, his main focus is to get people, to deceive people to wanting anything, absolutely anything but God. Now there's good news though. The good news is that we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be intimidated by the devil because he is a defeated foe. We don't have to worry about him. The good news is that God, through Jesus, has already won the battle against the devil by what Jesus did on the cross. And the Bible is very clear that when we put our trust, our complete trust in him, we have absolutely nothing to fear or to be intimidated about. So here's the deal. If the devil is real, if he really is real, if there really is a battle going on, how do we defend ourselves against them? How do we do battle? How do we stand strong? Like that song, Stand Strong. How do we do that? How is that something that we can practically do? Well, just real quickly, I want to look at kind of the verses that the kids looked at during this week. Real quickly here, in the book of Ephesians, this is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the early church in Ephesus. And we're just going to look at a few verses here. So I want to start off by looking at chapter 6, verses 10 and 11. It says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might put on the whole armor of god that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil so here's what we see here we see here that paul is telling us to do two things in order to stand against the devil the first thing he's saying here is to we are to find our strength in the lord to find our strength in the Lord. Because the truth is that there is nothing, there is nobody that is stronger than God. I came across this poem that was actually founded on a children's website about God. It talks about how strong God is. You can read along with me as I read it. God is stronger than the biggest giant. He is stronger than the dinosaur. God is stronger than the wildest tornado. He is stronger than the armies of men. And there is nothing in this universe that is stronger than the Lord. With the power of his word, he created the heavens and the earth. God is stronger than thunder and lightning. He is stronger than any earthquake or flood. God is stronger than the meanest bully. He is stronger than any person on earth. And though at times it may seem like the enemy is winning, be patient and you'll see God always has the victory. God is stronger than anything you can imagine. He is stronger than your greatest fear. God is stronger than the powers of darkness. There is nothing there is that is stronger than him. No, there is nothing that is stronger than him. And that's such good news. That's that's so great and so comforting. But in order to find our strength, we need to do something. There's something we need to do. And really, in order to find our strength in the Lord, what we need to do is we need to be willing to surrender our right to be in control of our circumstances. Any control freaks? Don't raise your hand. I'm one of them. I want to be in control of my circumstances. I want to control the outcome. But in order to be strong in the Lord, we need to be able to allow him to be in control. Surrender to him. Our need to be in control of all situations. See, we actually grow in our strength and in trusting God, no matter what happens when we allow Him to be our strength. And we trust in Him to be our strength, which is a lifelong battle. And it's a lifelong thing to learn. I love this verse in in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. It was kind of my life verse, remember, back when I was in high school. That for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. That's powerful, powerful truth. Now, this doesn't mean that we can do anything we want if, as long as we just have enough faith. That's not what it means. It means that draw, we are to draw on God's strength in order to trust him more in all situations. That's what that means. Second thing that he says, Paul says, in order to stand strong against the enemy, we're to, like we talked about all week long, put on the whole armor of of God. Now that just seems like the weirdest thing, doesn't it? We don't live in those times. Even that time, I put on the armor of God. What does that look like? Well, he kind of really gives us, a, uh, shows us what that looks like. Uh, Paul, is what he's getting at here is his inspiration is back then, Roman soldiers were everywhere. So that's where he gets his, his, his inspiration for this illustration from the Roman soldiers. And just like a Roman soldier would never go into battle without having all of his armor on, we too, are to know, knowing that we are in a battle all the time with an enemy who hates us, need to have our armor on. We need to be putting on our armor all the time. And see, look what he says here, though. He says, he talks about the Roman soldier, obviously, they put their uh, armor on because of the arrows and the darts and the stuff that they get thrown at them, the spears. Obviously, that's not why we would put armor on. We put armor on, and it even says it here, to protect us against the devil's what? His schemes. The Bible says that the devil is a schemer. Okay, that's what he's like. He's a schemer. What that means is he used all sorts of sneaky and deceptive methods to defeat us. And really one of the main ones, one of the main methods of defeating us is tempting us to want to get something good in a bad or a wrong way. Really, that's what temptation is. Now temptation is not a sin. We're all tempted with by stuff. But he's trying what the temptation is, he's trying to get us something good, something that we want, something that would be fulfilling, to feel good or to have some joy. But the temptation to get it in a bad way, to get it in a wrong way, is usually by satisfying some legitimate desire. Like here's an example, like tempting us to lie. It's such that it's the temptation to lie comes all the time. It's really difficult. But what he's talking about here is that when it's tempting to lie, we want to, get, we want to avoid getting into trouble. The problem with that is lying is that telling, when we, what happens when we lie, it leads to things that we don't want to happen. It leads to broken trust. It leads to broken relationships. I read somewhere this week where it talks, where there was a study that says that the more that we lie, every lie a person tells, the brain essentially feels less and less guilty or ashamed. Which can lead to larger and more frequent lies. I think we've seen that, right? We've seen it in our own lives, we've seen it in other people's lives. We gotta tell another lie, another lie. Pretty soon we don't even feel like we're lying anymore. Well I have to if I don't do it, and pretty soon that becomes who we are. See the deception, see how he uses it? Even something good that we want, oh I better lie because I don't want to get in trouble. Oh I better lie, I wanna save their feelings. And we can really get into this trap. So we see that, so we, first of all here, we see that in order to stand strong against our enemy, the devil, we must one, find our strength in the Lord and put on the full armor of God. Now, what Paul does now, he goes on to explain a little bit more who we are really up against. What does this really mean? A lot of times you say the devil, people automatically get in their their head, you know, horns, pitchfork, red guy, that's it. Well, there's more to it than that. And the Bible helps us to understand it. Look, verses 12 and 13 say this. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, kids, remember? Remember? Take up the full arm, whole armor of God that you be able to withstand or stand your ground on the day of evil, having done all to stand firm. Just a little bit different version there. It's where our verse came from this week. It's so important. What this is saying here is that we are literally, every single one of us, are literally in a spiritual wrestling match. That's what the Bible's telling us. We're in a spiritual wrestling match, not with people though, but with evil spiritual forces. Now that's not meant to like freak us out, but it's meant to see the reality of what's going on. Therefore, we need to be ready with our armor on so we can stand our ground when the enemy does come at us in the form of trials and temptations and things like that. We're to be in a sense always battle ready, always ready. Peter goes on now to describe, so that's who we're up against. He goes on to describe this armor. He says, okay, there's all these evil forces that are out there, but what what does this armor actually look like? It's kind of weird. How do we do that? How do we stand firm against the enemy with this armor? Here's the last bunch of verses we're going to look at. He says this, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying in all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplications for all the saints. So what Paul's doing here, he's not just saying, okay, go put some armor on. So let me tell you what this armor does. Let me tell you what it's really about. Let's get a mental picture in our head of this armor. So just for time's sake, I just want to end in a few minutes here. I just want to briefly go over these pieces of armor that he's talking about, okay? So first one is the belt of truth, okay? The belt of truth, back in that day, this was foundational to all armor. What it did is they held up, they wore a tunic underneath, and then they, so it held their tunic in place and their sword so they could actually be out there with no obstructions and go into battle. So that's what it did. So the belt of truth What that means for us, it means to be strengthened by God's truth and to resolve to live in that truth. To know what, first of all, to know what God's truth is and then to live in that truth. So that's the first thing, the foundational thing. Breastplate, this covered the soldier from his neck to right about here, right at the top of his thighs, okay? So to put the breastplate of righteousness on means to reflect a righteous character of God in our actions. This is what God would want me to be like. Not because I'm doing it on my own strength, because being in Christ as someone who follows Him, I can have the strength to do that, to live a life that honors Him. And when we do this, why it's so important is this protects us from all the lies and all the deception and the accusations like, see how bad you are, or, see how wrong you are, or, see how horrible you are that the enemy wants to say. We say, no, whoa, 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 wait a second. If I'm in Christ, if I'm a follower of Jesus, what that means is, and we've talked about this here in the past in our sermons we do here, is that when God looks at me first, he looks at Jesus, he sees Jesus first. He sees his goodness. He sees his righteousness. That's what's awesome about being a follower of Jesus. It's not on my strength. It's on what Jesus does. So that's awesome. Okay, the shoes. Shoes represent this proper footwear that would make someone ready to do battle, to be able to stand firm. I'm not going to go into battle with my flip-flops on. That's a dumb idea. Really bad, really bad idea. No, you're going to have, I'm going to have the right shoes for that occasion. And what this means, this firmness, this firm ground that we have is a result of the good news that as a follower of Jesus, we have peace with him. I can know that because I follow Jesus, not because I try my best, but because I've allowed Jesus to take control of my life, I don't have to worry how he views me. He sees me as good. He, his grace flows to me all the time. His love flows to me all the time. His forgiveness is awesome. And I can boldly stand strong in that. And I can boldly share that peace and joy and forgiveness with other people as well. All right, fourth piece of armor is a shield of faith. The shield of faith protects us from all the darts of the enemy, okay? The false accusations, the guilt, the shame, and the doubt, and the fear. That's what it does for us. Because through faith, here's the, here's the deal, you guys. This, if everybody asks you, what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? What it means is, because of Jesus, I don't have to live the way I lived before. Through faith, I can see myself, not by my circumstances, but through the way God sees me, not through the, the way that I think I, I see myself, but I can see myself how God sees me. Man, that is so relieving. When I know that I'm God's kid and he loves me no matter what, there's nothing I can do to make him love me more, nothing I can do to make him love me less. Oh my gosh, that is, that's shield against when the enemy wants to say, yeah, you're no good, Rob. When I tell myself things like that, say, no, I know who I am. I know who I am. I'm a normal, regular guy that makes mistakes. But God sees me the way he sees his son. And I need that. That makes me battle ready. That helps me out helmet of salvation. This gives us strength to continue in the battle because we can be assured, like one of my, one of my favorite verses, that says, says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. I can know for a fact that God's never going to give up on me, no matter how far I stray, no matter how, where I'm at. If my trust is in Jesus, he's going to work on me until the day, the very final day. All right. And the sword of the spirit, next is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The word of God helps us. This is what actually helps us to resist temptation. It's like a sword. It cuts through the disguise and the lies and the temptations, expose them for what they really are. That's what the Bible's all about. The reason we spend about 40 minutes every Sunday going verse by verse through the Bible at this church is because we know that that is our best defense against the lies of the enemy, is knowing and understanding God's word. That's what's so important. We know that. So that's, that's, that, that's what helps us to be able to say, oh, I, know, I can recognize that lie. Or I know the truth against that. I can stand up against that. I can, I can slice that thing in half and go, ah, see, that was a lie. That wasn't the truth. That's what the word of God is for. You remember when Jesus was tempted? You know the story when he was tempted in the wilderness, where they tried the devil to do all these different things? What was his biggest defense? What did he use? He's God's word. He, he repeated back the Bible. He repeated back verses that were the truth and the enemy finally had to leave. That was his defense. He didn't go, he, you know, he didn't lightning bolt him. Oh, he said, here's the truth. Let me tell you the truth. Let me get through those lies for you. Okay, lastly, lastly, they see that apparently we can be fully clothed. We can have all the armor gone on us, yet we can still fail to stand strong or to stand firm because we're leaving out one of the most vital things that helps us to stand strong, and that's prayer. He says we should be praying, continually praying for ourselves and for other people. So, as we wrap up here, let's never forget. Kids, parents, everybody, let's not forget that we are in a real battle with a real enemy and the only way to stand firm against him is to find our strength in the Lord and to put on the whole armor of God. And you guys, you know what? There's really two great ways of doing this. The first way to do this is and is just really practical and for some this would be so out of the box and so different and new, but is to read the Bible. Really the best way to do this is every day Start your day with God's word and asking him for help and the strength throughout the day. Even if it's five minutes, two verses, what, anything to be in that truth because that's the strongest defense we have. You could ask someone here, you could ask me, ask people afterwards, what do you do? Where do you start? Where do you? We can help you with that. It really is pretty simple. Okay, the other way, the second way is get involved I know many of you are involved here in involved you're involved in church here, or you go to another church, or you don't, maybe you don't go to church anywhere. We would invite you to come to any one of the churches in this area here. There's, some, there's a couple other really great churches I know that are represented here in this room even, that we invite you to go to those churches and get plugged in, maybe even get involved in a Bible study where people are talking about the Bible to help understand it more and more. That's the stuff that's going to help us out. Go to church. Find it not just because it's a good thing to do. Who wants to go to? Who wants to add another thing in their life that's just a good thing to do? I don't. If I'm going to go to church, I want to be a reason I go to church. I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to have other people in my life that help me to learn and to grow and to stand firm. Remember, you guys, the battle is real, but here's the beauty: God loves us so much. He loves you so much. And he has great power above everything. Let me pray for us. Father God, thank you again for your word, the power of the truth of your word. I pray that for everybody in this room, God, that you would help us. I know I need your help, God, to listen to your word, to allow it to change my life and to really apply it to my life. Thank you for your word. Thank you that it's living and it's active and it really does impact our lives. I thank you for your love for us too, God, and it's because of Jesus. In his name we pray, amen.